Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to amyrolinson.com and sign up right now. Today on Focus on Why, I'm joined by Joe Hines. Joe, hello. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm really well. And thank you so much to Helen Chorley for the introduction. Yeah, the amazing Helen. Um, I worked with Helen many years ago and she's been a good friend ever since. And I'm very grateful to her for introducing us. So thank you for having me. And well done for getting on the show before her because she's been meaning <laughs> to come on for a long time. So hopefully this will give her that sort of extra impetus to get on the podcast. So what is it you're focusing on at the moment, Joe? So I started a small business last year after leaving the banking industry, which I've been in for gosh, nearly 30 years. And I make bath and body products because my daughter has eczema. So it came out of a necessity rather than anything else and then became a hobby and then a passion. Um, so I'm working on the Christmas range, which is allowing me to be ridiculously creative, which I'm loving. Brilliant. And you, you mentioned this journey of necessity through to hobby, through to passion. Where is it now? Um, it's still a necessity. So Mia still suffers very much from eczema. Um, and it's horrible to see her go through that. The amazing thing that's come out of this is I've spoken to so many other parents that have kids with eczema or have eczema themselves. And I've actually been able to help relieve them of that a little bit and bring some joy. Um, which has been incredible and something I never expected or never thought through. So it's it's a really amazing journey that I'm on. And that bringing of joy, how does that come about? So um, the story of where I started with Mia is I've, I've got two kids, Max and Mia. Max is seven, he's soon to be eight, and is, uh, Mia's just turned six. And Max was gifted some bath bombs many years ago. He was probably three or four. And I put one in their bath and Mia, her eczema just flared up. Like I'd never seen anything like it before, her full body. So we ended up covering her in cream. That didn't work. So the next day I ended up taking her to urgent care and was sent to the hospital where she was prescribed so much stuff um, just to try and, and keep, calm her skin down and make things a little better for her. But she was crying, she was uncomfortable, she was scratching, she was red raw in some places. So I spoke to the chemist that gave us um, the creams, and then I spoke to a dermatologist, then I started doing my own research. And for a long time, she had to stand outside the bath with her hands on the bath, watching Max have a bath on. And he loved it, all the colors, everything else. So, I kind of made a deal with myself that I was going to 
find a solution for her where she could have the same experience. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It's a fast bomb, but to a three-year-old girl, she just wanted to be in there with him. So yeah, that's, that's where my journey began. And then we've expanded to everything else that she needs. So she needs shampoo, she needs body creams, she needs, you know, shower gel, anything that she needs. I've made sure that I can bring something to the table that is natural, works for her, no chemicals. And that brings me to where I am now. And what's so interesting is that the skin is the biggest organ that we have. And yet we don't, I say we, sometimes I don't even look at the labels of the things that I'm putting on my skin. Yeah. It's just a case of it's in the shops. It will be okay. That's what shower gel is. That's what shampoo or conditioner or, but I, I've always struggled with, with sensitive skin. I don't wear much makeup. I just wear lipstick because of, of not wanting to put anything on my face. So I'm aware of that, but what are the decisions that we, or what are, what should we be looking at with our skin? It's really difficult when you look at a label or you're trying to be more conscious of the ingredients because even the ingredients I use have really bizarre names, really long names, and they sound scary, but when you figure out where they come from, so everything I use or the main, the main um, ingredients I use are derived from coconuts. So I try and bring everything back to and the most natural source, the least processed, the less additives as possible. So I use, poor Mia, she was such a guinea pig. I put everything on her skin that I felt was safe because I wouldn't put anything on her that I wouldn't, you know, that you wouldn't do any harm to your child on purpose. Um, and I came up with a list of five or six oils and butters that really worked for her. So apricot kernel oil, sweet almond oil, coconut oil. And then I just took it from there. But you can't just make a bath bomb out of those ingredients. So then you start looking for, okay, what makes it fizz? What makes it foam? And I, <laughs> I went to every high street store. I bought everything. I went online. I bought everything, compared all the ingredients and figured out Actually, she could, she can't use any of these. So I went on some courses. Again, I spoke to the dermatologist who was so incredibly helpful. And after maybe 18 months of research, I came up with a formulation that worked. Um, but sorry, back to your original question. It's really, really hard. And if you're on a budget, it's even harder because I think we all do it. And I still do it for myself sometimes. If I'm in a rush, if I haven't, got any stock then I will reach for sometimes the cheapest item on the shelf and then I get it home and I throw it in the bin when I've actually had time to look at it and we're all conscious about what we put in our mouth I mean so super conscious yet you're right we don't think about what we're putting on our skin and that goes directly into our bloodstream it takes something like 10 seconds for an ingredient to hit your skin and then get into your blood screen stream which is frightening I mean, that is terrifying, actually. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but it, but it, it, sometimes we don't hear that stat or, I, I, you know, I didn't realise that that's the case. And, you know, you put hand cream on or, you know, I, I'm in the bath or I'm in the shower and I'm putting these things. And then 
you don't necessarily make the connections between how you're feeling to what's just happened. So it, you could have a, a reaction, not just as a skin reaction, but as in other ways of your mood or a shift in your behavior that you might not have connected to that. Absolutely. Um, hormones are a big thing. So I think the general, and I may be wrong here, the general perspective of the public is essential oils are good. They come from nature. But there are some that are so harmful to you. So again, I'm very cautious and careful about what I use. Um, I don't use anything that, for instance, a pregnant woman couldn't use. Um, it, I mean, it's Pandora's box. We could be here all day talking about this. But ultimately, I just had to make sure that whatever I did was the best for Mia. So this shift in direction and focus, the, the purpose piece now, you didn't see this coming. This has evolved as a result of something. Absolutely. If I even think for a second about the last five years of my life, it's everything has turned on its head. Everything has changed. As I said, I was in investment banking for nearly 30 years. I was working on a trading floor. Pre-kids, my hours were 7 a.m. to 7. When I had kids, that shifted from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, chaotic, hectic, no time for myself, zero freedom. But I loved it. When the kids were eight months and two and a half, they were both at nursery because I was working long days. And there was a, a bout of scarlet fever happening at the nursery. And both the kids caught it. And it presents itself differently in different children or different bodies. And for Max, um, he came home one day, he was very sick, uh, but he was, he was kind of fine, just maybe on the edge of a cold. And then he started throwing up in the night. It was, it was all very odd, but familiar. Um, and then I, something woke me and I went and checked on him about 4am and his breathing was shocking. Like he, he could barely breathe. He, he was just limp in the bed. So I went and told my husband, David, that I'm taking him to the hospital. And he said, no, 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 he's fine. I said, no, he's not. Something's really wrong. And I think that's the mother's intuition. Um, bundled him in the car, got him to the hospital. And he had sepsis, um, was what they, they identified immediately. And so they blue lighted us to the Evelina hospital. Um, he was intubated put in Piku, very, very sick. Um, I was on maternity leave at the time, just about to go back to work. Um, and a couple of days later, Mia got very sick as well. Again, she had sepsis um, and meningitis. And so there began kind of a three month stint of severe illness. And I guess from that first moment when I put Max in the car, my life just changed forever. Um, there were moments where it was touch and go for both of them, mainly Max. Um, he was under for 10 days. He was being pumped full of antibiotics and drugs, having his lungs drained because they were filling with fluid. Um, and I, ironically, it was probably the first time I'd stopped and checked in 
with real life for a long time. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure where to take it from there at that point because I can go in many directions. But yeah, that, that was the beginning of the change of me and life and balance and joy and my values. And you said that you'd been loving the the work that you you had zero freedom it was crazy it was chaotic it was hectic and yet you just spoke about that being the first time you'd stopped and checked with what real life was what what is real life to you real life to me now means that my main job is being a mum to maximia it's not whatever the day job is and even though i was a, a new parent as such i mean a couple of years into it that had never really clicked. Um, the kids had to fit around me and my husband and our schedules, not the other way around. And I think those moments of clarity when you feel like you're going to lose someone or the, the potential is there to lose someone, you suddenly realise you've got it all wrong. And it's scary and upsetting um, at the time, but actually, and I say this to people and people, some understand, some don't, it, it was a, terrible horrible time for us all I mean my poor family just went through the mill and everyone was so supportive including my workplace they were incredible but yeah it, something had to change everything had to change so with everything having to change what happened first we got home from the hospital there was some rehabilitation because Max had been in a bed so long he hatched he had to learn to walk again where he'd had tubes in his throat he was obviously in a lot of pain or discomfort so he didn't talk for a few days and then I think he found it quite painful to talk um so we spent a lot of time at home we had community nurses coming around we were going to the hospitals just to top up antibiotics and I had to take a little bit extra time off work um then eventually i went back to work and you slip so easily back into that old routine so all of those conversations i'd had with myself kind of went by the wayside i got back into work again the kids went back to nursery again and this was uh late 2018 um by march 2019 I think everything I'd been holding in caught up with me and I, I began to fall apart. I couldn't string sentences together. I couldn't sleep. I was checking in on the kids every two hours because I was so frightened it was going to happen again. So I was sleep deprived. Um, I was still engaged in work, but I just couldn't quite concentrate and I couldn't wait to get home to the kids every day. It all culminated rather embarrassingly in a meeting at work where I just burst into tears. Fortunately, there were no external clients. It was just internal people and they were so great, packed me off home. And um, I was advised um, to go and seek some counselling, which I did. She very quickly diagnosed me with PTSD, which was a bit of a shock because I think we all think that's for well, you know, that's not me or that's for people that have just come out of war or something like that. Um, and it took me three or four months at home just to recover, just to begin to feel like myself again. 
Then the pandemic hit. So I was at home with the kids all the time, which was just amazing. I mean, it was a terrible time, but those first few months, just spending every waking moment with them was brilliant. And all those thoughts of things need to change came back again. Um, then last year in April, um, the opportunity for voluntary redundancy presented itself to me. And before I had a second to think, my arm shot up in the air. I didn't have a plan, didn't know what I was going to do. But I felt like this is it. This is this is the sign. This is what I need to do. And I, I was desperate to do it. So I did it. And then, yeah, it brings me to starting this little business. And you say little business, but it is it's a big <laughs> it's a big thing, right? It's a huge thing. It, it's huge. It's overwhelming. I'm wearing all the hats. I'm learning every day. You know, I'm HR. I'm creator, maker, website builder, um, you know, compliance officer, all of those hats, which, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a steep learning curve, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And it gives me the freedom to be creative, to be around with the kids, to have the freedom to speak and spend time with family and friends, to fulfill my needs, to explore my creativity that just wasn't an option before. And, you know, to perhaps bring joy or relief to someone else who may use the product, who may have a really bad day and just want to go chill out in the bath. Oh, yeah, it's it's a passion project that's ended up as a business. And I'm really happy about it. I never could have predicted this. Never. And I often speak about it, Joe. that you don't wish on these events on on yourself or on anyone else but as you described them they gave you these moments of clarity mm. of what life was about for you what real life as you described it and and that it was a beginning of change so whilst you didn't you know you wouldn't want this to happen there is it was a catalyst for your shift in in what was important for you absolutely a huge shift and you know, I always feel terrible saying, I'm glad what happened happened. Um, I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but it it's brought me to this place. And now every day I hug those kids a little bit tighter. I make time for them. I'm calmer. I'm out of the corporate world and I'm back in their life. And as I said, that's my main job, being a mum, being the best mum, showing up as the best version of myself that I can every day obviously that doesn't happen there are moments there are some real moments but I can't imagine myself being in my old corporate job juggling what I juggled and being able to treat them with kindness and empathy and everything that I try and make a conscious effort to do every day I want to make them smile. I don't want to say, come on, let's get home. I've got to get in the bath. I've only got 10 minutes. I've got to jump on the call. All of the stuff I used to do, to do, I just, I don't ever want to go back there. And it makes you wonder about this shift in the way of working that as mums, we do have to make a choice or, or we feel we have to make a choice that we can't have the both worlds and, and, working I, I was I took 14 years out to raise the kids 
of of a working environment because I didn't feel that I didn't know how to balance the two. And so I didn't. And then I spent a couple more years. I went back into the city and I I struggled again to to that that juggle. It was it was hard. It was too hard. And so I then created a business at home that I could revolve around the children. But I know some people make it work. You know, I'm not saying that it's it's an impossible way of working, but it, it, it is a challenge. It's a real challenge. And, you know, I have a lot of of my old colleagues that I still speak to and the challenge is real and they do struggle. And the guilt that's felt when you have to say, I'm so sorry, I have to step out of this meeting. I have to pick the kids up. Um, or, you know, I can't join you for dinner tonight because I've got a presentation to pull together or a call to jump on. You don't, or I, I didn't realize how much of my life it took up the job. So it was an Australian company, um, my final role. So, and we had an office in New York, so you could be on the phone first thing in the morning. You could be on the phone last thing at night just to straddle those time zones. And I was abandoning the family to go do the job out of work hours or what should be deemed as reasonable work hours. And I feel so guilty about that now. I mean, I can't change the past, but what I can do is control the future. And now that I can see I am capable of running a small business, you know, I'm never going to be a millionaire, but I'm happy. And that's the trade-off. And I'm very comfortable with that. And you you said at the beginning that you're helping other parents with children who have skin conditions, eczema, et cetera, and you're bringing some joy into their world, which is amazing. It seems to me that there's there's more to to this evolution of this role in 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 some ways. And I just wondered what's next for you. Mm, good question. Um, Amy, I'm not sure. I wake up and I have a rough plan in my head, what I'm going to do. And then I pivot and I do something else or an idea springs to mind or I see something that inspires me. And I have a list, a couple of hundred items long of things I'd like to do. Um, and I'd also love to retrain us. I'd love to speak another language. I'd love to, oh, I don't know. I'd love to travel more with the kids. There's so many things I want to do. And now I'm in this place. Before I would park those ideas and thoughts and I would do that when I was older or whatever. Now I'm like, actually, there's a lot more possibilities than I ever thought before. You pivot, you change, you make your life your own. And I'm, I'm just so excited by the thought that I'm in control. It's a new one for me and I'm still coming to grips with it, but I, yeah, I'm really excited for the future. And you say this is a new one, that you're now making this life of your own. Whose was it before? <laughs> I mean, I... Who, whose was my life? I mean, I just wasn't in control. I did what was asked of me without question. Whatever the role needed, I did it. And I always wanted to go above and beyond. 
I would love to just sit on the sofa for a week, but I launched the website two days after I left my old job. I, I'm in control, whereas previously I wasn't in control. And my life is my own now. It wasn't before. It was, it was whatever the kids needed me to be, whatever my family and friends and husband and anyone else needed me to be. I was always there. I always showed up. And I still do. But now I sometimes stop and think, do I really want to do that? You know, before, you know, oh, on Thursday, we've got to go out with clients such and such. On Tuesday next week, we've got a presentation. It's going to go until 10 p.m. None of that was in my control. I couldn't say no. Now I can say no and I can really do what's right for me and my family. And how does purpose fit into this conversation? Purpose? Uh, my day has a purpose. Every day has a purpose now. My purpose starts with cuddling my kids, with making them laugh before they go to school, to do their homework when they get home. That's my purpose in life. Anything else is a bonus. Yeah, great. And what I love, Joe, is the, the shift in the energy in, in the conversation. And, and when you you told the the story of which I can imagine, well, I can't imagine just how traumatic that must have been to have both of your young children, babies at the time in hospital and being that poorly. I'm, I'm sorry that that was something you had to go through. And we've spoken about how that has now shifted life for you and how, you know, that you know that you've got all these amazing things that you want to do and you're not going to waste any time. I, I love I love that shift. And I talk about this all the time that we can be, get so busy just filling in the moments instead of creating moments which are fulfilling. And there is such a difference between the two. There's a huge difference between the two. Yeah. I, when I, I, you're making me think about all these things that I used to do, the way I used to rush home um, instead of a bedtime story, you know, it would be like once upon a time, the end, because I've got to go and do the Ocado shop. Like you say, filling in the moments, but with stuff you have to do. Now, life is so different. So, so different. Yeah, my purpose is just to be the best mom to those kids, for them to grow up rounded individuals with kindness and empathy and honesty for others. And if I can achieve that, then I'm happy. Yeah, mission accomplished for sure. Absolutely. So tell me, Joe, how would people get in contact with you? How would they buy these fabulous creations <laughs> that you've got for the bath now? There's the website I've created. <laughs> so many hours of hard slog. Um, so the website is www.maxmearbathco.com. On there, you'll find all my contact details, but socials is at maxmearbathco.com. Or if you just want to reach out via email, it's hello at maxmearbathco.com. Fabulous. Well, they'll all go into the show notes. So thank you. And thank you for sharing your, your journey, your focus on why it's been a pleasure. And I'm so delighted that Helen put us in touch. Really am. So thank you, Helen, for that. 
Do you have some final words for the audience, please, Joe? I think I would just say, take a moment, look at your life. If you're not happy with it, do something else. If there's a dream that you have or a different career you want to just give it a go. Life's too short. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.